In continuation of Emily Johnson's story, and to catch up, listen to part one. I found out that my dad um, had him for a little while. Okay. I was unaware that my sister even spoke to my father. Right. Um, I still really don't know how all that happened, but my son went to my dad's house, and my dad uh, abused him physically. I found that out, and I threw a fit in Germany, Mm -hmm. and they they made arrangements for me to come back to America and get Logan. So I had to come down here. I had to obtain a passport for him because it it hadn't been done. Right. Right. So I thought my sister was handling that, but you know how things go. Time starts going by. I'm not there all the time saying it every day right Mm -hmm. so really wasn't her fault but it needed to happen like he needed to come back with me so I came back and and I knew I was going to be here for like about a month it was really important to me to come back pregnant I found out that if I went back and I was pregnant that I would have to be able to have the option of having my baby um and leaving with a with a a honorable discharge yeah or um, you can have your baby in extremely difficult as a single person right. <laughs> with a newborn to be a soldier. So um, obviously I knew I wanted out. Mm. So I did go back pregnant. <laughs> I mean, I did. I yeah. told James like, hey, man, I need out of here. He didn't really care or know all the reasons why. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did what I said. And and it was just a matter of time. But right when we got back to base and Logan and I He's in Germany for the first time. It's mm. starting to feel okay, but I know I need out. Yeah. They tell us that our unit's being deployed to Iraq. And and it's a training process happens before you actually go, right? right. So it was going to be like right after I had Aubriana, I was to put her with a nanny in Germany okay. and go to Iraq. I mean, I'm already being fed on. Yeah. You know, and like in the States. And this is only, States. what, one or two years into being in the military? It's about a one, uh, one and a half years in. Okay. Yeah, I mean. So you have a long time to, like, you couldn't wait it out. I mean, I am being abused. Right. I would rather go through this and have free will on the streets and go through that yeah. than be somewhere where they tell me when to wake up, what to do, mm-hmm. where to be. I show up. It's just always a setup. Right. I mean, you know, it's just, it was not safe. It was worse. And I had to go. So I left. But the problem here is that I have no coping skills. Okay. So all these traumas have gone on. And I have no one. I'm not praying. You know, I know God's real. But at this point, it's like you have allowed these things to happen. Mm -hmm. And you still haven't stopped it. Mm -hmm. I mean, just hopeless. And then the right before I moved back to Galveston from Germany with Logan, pregnant with my new baby, um, the hurricane took Galveston out. Yeah. I mean, like our our raggedy home, everything right. gone. Yeah. And I don't have rights to anything. I'm married to the drag queen, you know. <laughs> so yeah, it was. Just... I mean, now I have absolutely nothing to go back to. Got to Galveston. Yeah. We're living in a hotel, and then found out that James. Uh, hid from me that he had got caught selling drugs and was going to the penitentiary and had taken all my savings and put it on a lawyer and so drained me and you're leaving to go to the penitentiary and we have no home and you know all the things prior so I don't really understand what happened Mm -hmm. I know that I started staying with a bunch of gay guys um between them and my mom, Logan was with my mom a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I really 
of all the things that I've been through, this was like the one that I've had the worst, um, the hardest time forgiving myself because I don't know what happened, but I did not want to live anymore. Um, And I, on the day that she was due, I don't know. I don't know what happened. But all of a sudden, I was just in labor in a car full of gay guys. And they were like, your water broke. And they drove me all the way to Galveston from Houston. And um, and I had I had Aubrey. And of course they took her from me because I had things in my system. I mean, right. I wasn't coherent. Like, um, I don't know. I, I kind of rationalize it now, like subconsciously. I know I couldn't protect that baby. Yeah. You know, I just... So that's how I rationalized it, you know, but I I did not get to bring her home. And Logan also, I mean, at this point now, they're gone. Um, So then James, who's about to go to prison, Mm -hmm. has these kids, and I'm not supposed to be around them. And um, that's not going to work. I mean, even if his family took James or took Logan you're going to be with a drunk black dad. I mean, we're trying not to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, despite uh, how much I didn't care what happened to me, yeah, I always cared what happened to him, right. you know? So I talked to my mom. Here she is. And um, she said she would let them stay with her yeah. while I got myself together. But I was not on a path to get myself back together, Mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, that was just the beginning. Whatever happened was the beginning of five years of just totally losing myself in sin and Mm -hmm. darkness. My mom had the kids, and uh, very soon after I had Aubrey... Um, I was I was bartending and all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah. But I got sucked into because I'm hanging out with these gay guys. Right. Okay, so that's another culture. It is. And I can go really deep into that. Yeah. But we won't today because this is my story. Yeah. But I am like doing drag queen makeup since I'm young. You know, like right. I am deep in that culture. Okay. And and it's not normal to have a girl in the culture, okay? okay? But I'm I'm hanging out in that area and yeah. so there's a lot of connections to um shows and media and okay, this is a little bit before social media started getting huge. This mm-hmm. is like MySpace, Facebook was coming up. Right. But this was I mean like you heard about the I don't know if you have, but like the club kids in New York that would show up places and then huge parties would happen in the middle of the night. We were those in Houston. Okay, like I we see. We were doing all of that, and so then I was about to get on to the Bad Girls Club mm-hmm. through via those friends, and I was hanging out with a, a very big star right. who's on the show star. I won't say her okay. name. Uh, you know? Yeah. Uh, I was hanging out with her a lot. Like, I'm in that scene, and I was about to get on the Bad Girls Club, mm-hmm. but I was going in and out of jail, okay? At that time, really bad. Like, DUI, um, a minor possession, um, and then... Via these people, this this crowd and this culture that I was in, um, I started becoming an, an adult entertainer, you know? Wow. Then we're dancing, then we're escorting, then it's just a whole nother and world. It slips into Well, and it starts with he's just a sugar daddy. Yeah. He's just gonna take you on a date and he's gonna give you like a thousand dollars and look, that is an easy money. Mm. And I've been in the easy money game. 
prior to this. Yeah. But now that James and I are done and I've lost my kids, like nothing is stopping me from yeah. that. I had to just be the best at it. So that opened me up to uh, more abuse, more loss of morals. And then, you know, the confusion, thinking I'm gay. Uh, I, I have lips tattooed on my neck. This woman thought she was my wife, like, yeah. stalked me until a few years ago. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, it opened me up to this whole other world. <laughs> was in and out of jail, and I remember I went to jail one time for uh, pandering. So at this point, I'm like, I have this... I don't even remember all how it led up to this, but mm -hmm. there was like this house in West Houston, or okay. not West Houston, it's like Midtown, Midtown, okay. like Montrose area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the corner, there's like four rooms, yeah, yeah. and I had four young girls giving massages, and they were paying the pot downstairs, and I wasn't doing anything, okay, because I'm a smart girl, and mm -hmm. I really don't want to do any of this stuff. I want the easy money. So that place got busted, and I went to jail for pandering. Oh, wow. Horrible. Oh but the trafficking, yeah. they trafficked me, and I was trafficking. I mean, that is the way that this, this grooming happens, yeah. and it's happening right now. At Walmart, if you go to the little kids section, I took a picture of it, and you see outfits you can buy your daughter where her head sticks out of a body that's dressed like a prostitute. That's oh. grooming. We are grooming. Yeah. So when, when the whole starting calling women bitches, mm -hmm. which I put on me because I had to be the baddest, right. when that started, that started grooming me into thinking something else. Mm -hmm. And and the Cardi B, it's so evil. Listen, Cardi B and all these Lady Gaga, all these yeah. influences, and we don't think about when we're trying to figure out that we're good enough in the morning. We're looking in the mirror and we're just trying to feel good enough to leave the house. So we true. don't think about how the music we're listening to is telling us something else, yes. and the things we're watching are telling us something else. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't think about I'm like, over it, well, I'm that's, like I, you guard your heart, right? Absolutely. That's the whole thing, and that's a big thing with my message, Lily. Yeah. Like, first of all, yeah, it's sad that I was kind of left out to the wolves. Okay, <laughs> it is. But listen, I shouldn't have made it, and and God had a purpose. Yes for me and it is huge and these kids and I really don't care about what happens to me I'm on a soul game mm -hmm. I care about souls yeah. because this is just a blip in the radar so but we need to be intentional and our time matters yeah. and they're trying to take the thing that they cannot create all the time and they did it with me and they got in my head and, and the whole growing social media culture really egged me on yeah. I mean it really I mean, did the average boy is exposed to pornography at 10, 11 years old. Like, that's my little brothers right there, you know? And Absolutely. Like, just the fact that people can't tolerate Dr. Seuss books anymore, but they think the WAP song is empowering is just completely and utterly, unbelievably backwards. It's, I mean... You're right. It's sick. And and I watched in these different elements of culture because when yeah. I was in the hood, that was a whole nother culture. Right. Then, then the upper middle class, then the army culture, then the adult entertainment culture, then the gay culture. Right. And I'm not talking about, I didn't really hang out with a bunch of lesbians, okay? I hung out with gay guys. Mm -hmm. I saw how they're planted in our communities, staging themselves as normal guys to hang out with youngsters and get them to yeah. come out. I've seen it. I mean, I have, I thought that so it, it was it okay. So it is a calculated attack. This Absolutely. Culture, but listen, okay, culture. that's a whole nother thing. And we need to do another show about that because I walked those balls. Okay, yeah. so you'll see on my foot, I've got Mizrahi on me. I've got Armani on me. I was a 
face queen. But in the gay culture, especially back in the day, they would be in the middle of the night, these huge balls. And so they would walk like real girl, schoolboy realness. Like these gay guys would walk like in a show to be the prettiest, okay? And then there would be like face queens who have the prettiest face. I walked against the drag queens. I was a character in this okay. community. So like pageants basically, but for Yeah, but it's kind of yeah. Yeah. There's voguing. I mean, it's very fun mm. and it's very tempting because sense feels good. Yeah. You know, so that it's I that mean instant gratification. All of it. So okay, so at this point, you were how old getting involved in okay. this stuff? Okay. So I was I had Aubrey at 25. So at 25 I'm getting into all that. Yeah. I've lost the kids and I went to jail for the pandering. My mom showed up and said, "Emily, you need to sign the kids over to me." You're in jail again, and you just need to do it. I'll give them back to you. So I believed her. (laughs) But then I found out that she found out that if she adopted them, she would get a check. uh, because the government? Yes. But I was told because of the type of Asian the kids are that there was a grant that they would be paid for until... Look, somebody looked for that type of thing. Yeah. Somebody who wanted money. Right. So the person in jail just signed the papers because I... You didn't know. Take them... From me, what can I do anyways? I lost the kids totally. Now, mind you, I lived there still. Mm. Like, at this point, when my mom had the kids, I slept on the couch. And one block away was Jonathan, my old best friend, who was the uncle of the children. Right. Whose name is tattooed on my boob. I see. So weird. So, I'm one block away. I am fully engaging in the kids' lives all the time. Right. But I'm also in this crazy world. I'm Mm. still selling drugs. I'm also in this adult entertainment stuff. And, and things are getting really scary. Okay. People are, a, a guy got shot in front of me one night, like in front of no. me. But I never respond in fear at these times. I respond more like courageously. Like let's fight. Like let's do, just take things way too far. It got crazy because I started getting stalkers. And so I'm working at this bar in downtown Houston. I had to quit because I was being stalked heavily. Like one night, my friends came, girls came to my bar, and we were going to the gay club where I am a celebrity. Right. So you want to go there with me. We see the stalker at the gay club, and it's like, no. Yeah. So it got scary. It was everywhere. So I got scared, and I moved in with my wife. Okay. Who, I mean, she's always there. She's always giving me money. She's At one point, I picked up this girl in a rehab that we escaped together. Okay. Um, I was supposed to be there for court. I right. escaped with this girl. She calls herself my wife. She's got her lips tattooed on my neck. Right. People always love that tattoo. I'm not so much mm-hmm. me. But, okay. I mean, yeah, I have a lot of fans at this time. Right. I've got sugar daddies all the time. Mm. I don't really deal with James anymore. Okay. Just pretty much sugar daddies is everything's got to be about money. Right. I'm, I'm, my mom knows everything. She sometimes drops me off at the strip club. I mean, I'm paying for these kids. They have everything, right? That's what the way that I'm getting money. And, right. and I'm so in this culture that I'm Fendi down all the time. Like, I'm in it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm driving nice cars. I'm getting nice places. Yeah. Always money. Always empty, okay? So, yeah, that's a, such a valuable point. I've been, you know, at the top of the L.A. stuff. It's still empty, and you've been at the bottom of, I don't know, Houston, I guess, and it's still empty, and it should just tell you that it's like, it's never, ever, ever the answer to the money, because the people's validation is not real. That's right. I mean, I don't have to fake to make a couple dollars. I get validation from a conversation with my father. Yeah. You know, like all day. Yeah. But, okay, so, but then I did. So it's all money. Mm -hmm. It's a very glamorous lifestyle, okay? And and the kids are used to a lot of glamorous stuff. You know, it is empty. 
And I remember one day I was at my mom's house and I was like, we were arguing. I had been up all night, make, like working at yeah. a bar. And then she woke me up over something stupid. And I'm like, I'm not someone you just wake up. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not, especially if I just got in from work. Right. I've probably been serving drinks, having drinks. There's no telling mm. my mental condition at this time, okay. waking me up over something stupid. So we get into a big fight. And I remember I was taking the kids to the basketball court because we needed a Away from her um, and I went in the bathroom and I looked at myself and I was finally skinny enough um, and I, finally I mean I was like 120 tiny no tiny way. I look oh like a, a lollipop really yeah. like my, my head is huge you yeah. know no but I was looking at myself and I'm looking at these texts like all these tricks like good morning beautiful all over mm-hmm. the phone and I just had this moment and I prayed and I was like God I'm wow. never gonna get these kids back I just need you to send me the man that's going to get me these kids back. Mm-hmm. I need something stable. I need a godly man. And if you yeah. send them to me, I'm going to be good this time because I'm no good, okay? Um, lots of fun, but no good. Right. And I prayed that that day. And then I took a ball of Coke out of my bra, took a bump, put it back in, and took my kids to the park. So I was still a scallywag, right. okay? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Nobody stops me, Lily. No one ever. Right. I mean, I have fans everywhere. Everywhere I go, someone's going to meet me to hang out with the kids too, you know? And they're going to bump out of my bra too. Mm -hmm. Like, it's normal to me. All of this is normal. Um, So we go to the park, and there's this dude there. And he's playing basketball with two little boys. And he's at this park that I normally go to. It is not in the nice part of our neighborhood. It's in the hood, two streets over. You know how you can do that in Houston. Yep. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So I'm in the hood because everyone in this hood knows me. Right. I might make some money. Like, you know. Why would I not I'm no good. Right. So, and right. Why would I not? So we're at this place and the dude starts playing with my son. And I watched and I was like, this is awesome. You know, like we don't have daddy around. Right. Ever. So So it's good that he has a male So that was cool. Yeah. But then also I was thinking, I wonder how long it's going to be before this guy hits on me. Mm. Because obviously. Because you're not looking at it from any other lens then. What can I get from this person or what is this person? Well, also, also like at this point, I'd kind of put, you always put off the vibes, whether you realize it or not. So like, even though I wasn't dressed like the kind of woman that I was, I was dressed in like basketball shorts. I do put off that aura. I mean, I would, I would be hit on all the time. Now, this woman that you're with mm-hmm. today, nobody hits on me. I do wear a fake wedding set in public so that, because uh, I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah, right, but, right. But I put off different vibes, right? So I knew at that time, it's only a matter of time. I was fine. Mm-hmm. I'll show you some pictures later. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I knew. Yeah. I, and I was thinking it, like, when is he going to hit on me? He didn't hit on me. So I was like, that's cool. You know, but he did ask for my number so that the boys could play together. Whatever. Right. I leave. Boom. He hits on me. Right. And then I was like, okay, there it is, you know. And I'm no good. You're right. So you did what I said you were going to do. Right. So now I'm going to do what I do and get you. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you're like, we're starting send him a couple, Send him a couple good pictures. You know, what's up? Right. And so, um, but he was different. So at this time, I'm talking to a million guys. And, and I, he was a back burner guy. He wasn't trying to give me nothing. Mm-hmm. But he had, like, good things to say. I don't know. Eventually, it was very quick. Like, a weekend, a woman had already called me and said she was his baby mama and that we had been texting. And I was like, okay, well, I'm done with you. He calls. She's lying. All this happens. And somehow, I get sucked in to want to go meet this guy. Okay. So I was preparing to go meet. This part of the story is a little crazy. Yeah. So I was preparing to go meet this guy. Okay. 
and I was staying with a friend because my mom and I were not getting along. And um, I hated the friend though. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh, I hated this girl. Okay. And um, and one of my, I guess my entourage of gay guys was picking me up. We were gonna go eat somewhere, and then I was trying to get a ride. I didn't have a car at this moment. Okay. To see this guy. This is nothing like me. Okay. Normally, if you're not paying, I'm not staying. Right. So we even go. I go with all these gay guys, and I end up meeting this woman at the bar who was telling me like obviously we're very all flamboyant okay so she wants to be our friend next thing you know she's telling me that she's got some friends in austin making a thousand dollars just for showing up on these parties like corporate parties okay so i was like okay i got a couple days off i'll go do that make a little bit of money then see the guy on the way back so i get to austin with this stranger yeah and then she's like, okay, my, my brother's about to show up. He's driving all the girls to the parties. Okay. And I knew then I was in trouble because this is a pimp. Like, I knew yeah. from that. Like, I was like, oh. And, like, I look like a white girl, okay? I don't act like one. Uh-huh. But I look like what they're looking for. Right. So this dude walks in, big, huge pimp, has a girl walking behind her, head down, because oh, they're not allowed to no. make eye contact. And he, like, starts talking to her first, and I look good, and he'll take me. And I'm over there like, great. Yeah, like, how do I get I'm about to get kidnapped. I mean, I have, no, we skipped a lot of stories. I've been through a lot of terrible things up to this point, okay? But nothing bad enough to stop me. Mm. You know, I knew I was about to get kidnapped. So then he starts talking to me, and I talk very hood at this time. So he does not like that, okay? He wants a white girl that talks like a white girl. So I'm giving it to him even more. And showing him I'm kind of hood, all these tattoos. I know you don't want me. And so he's like, yeah, you're right, but I'm not letting you go. And so you do something. Next thing I know, they're making fake IDs with my picture. And I'm agreeing to be dropped off at stores to open accounts in other people's names. And then shop on these accounts with the list that they give me. And I'm doing this so that that they don't take me. Legit. So I was like, like, I had been involved in some organized crime years ago. I'm very good at things. They told me what they needed me to do. I was very good at it. So it was like three days, and it was a lot of credit lines that I I was able to open just Mm -hmm. from talking my way in with a paper ID. And um, so they said they were going to let me go, and they gave me like $700 of the like $25,000 worth of stuff. Jeez. And then the lady was like, where can I drop you off? So at this point, I have her drop me off at the guy's house. Because I feel safe with that guy. He doesn't want money. He does not talk. You know, Mm -hmm. he says, like, nice things and loves, like, love songs and stupid stuff, you know. I was like, that's a safe spot, you know. I'm in Crosby with this guy, and he's romancing me and all this kind of stuff. And I need a break Okay, like all this crazy stuff's happening. I had a bunch of like, I always had drugs. So I was like taking a lot of Xanax and I was sleeping and resting there. I guess like in that time we kind of, I must have led him on into being more into each other. I don't know. But the next thing I know, this dude is like in love with me. He wants to marry me. I'm scared. I don't want these people to come back and get me. I think he'll protect me. I don't really know what to do. So um, I stay there like seven days, and then he convinces me. 
and calls the people to go back with them. He was like, we need more money to get out of here. I know you're not feeling safe. I want to start a new life with you oh and get your gosh. kids back. I'm going to just, I'll call them. Don't be scared. Mm-hmm. Do it one more time. I'll negotiate more money for us. So, of course, I'm like, okay, let's do it. So, we did it. I did it. It went through. Whatever. Okay? Yeah. So, I go back with the guy. And then it becomes immediately super jealous like all the time he takes all the money from me he's telling me what to do i can't use the phone anymore it makes him nervous he doesn't trust me i'm the gangster and then he keeps all these ids with my face on him and he's like you know you will go to jail so he's totally all of a sudden in control of me and at this time i guess i kind of left out that i had been running off of a warrant for like five years aubrey was one when the last time I got arrested for a DUI, okay. I ran on that probation charge and I was supposed to do a year in prison. So I had wow. been on the run. So at this point, I'm off the grid totally. And that's another reason why I got involved with the that, faster money, right? Right. So the guy runs my name. I mean, he knows all this stuff about me. Mm. He's telling me, like, I have to do what he says. A lot of things happen yeah. and I end up beaten in that home badly badly beaten like unrecognizable um i convinced him not to kill me um because it was because i had called him james in an argument like something like crazy like my my baby daddy's name it was crazy everything was always crazy from the moment that he showed me that he had me and so he beat me so bad and he, and I convinced him to let me go, like, let me heal, you know? So we're there three weeks, and all of a sudden, like, day after he beats me, the water gets cut off in that house. Mm. I do not realize that he is blackmailing the owner of the home no. to let him squat there because his cousin was having an affair with her, and she was the realtor. And she, I, mean, I didn't know this at the time, okay? Yeah. But the water gets cut off because apparently they're trying to get us out. They don't know I'm there beaten, okay? Nobody really does. We were there three weeks. It was horrible. He, like, turned all the mirrors around because I was too vain. Mm. Also probably didn't want me to see. I did not look like a human. Um, And then he would play the Bible through these large speakers all day. And he would tell me, like, that God wasn't, God forgives him, and I'm the one who's bad, and that I need to forgive him, and he wants us together. And listen, this is three weeks of this, and I'm starving too, and I believed him. So eventually these people came, like, you have to leave. These people are moving in. It was Mm. so nuts. Like, these people showed up out of nowhere, and they were like, we're moving in today. So, and two crackheads showed up with a um, U-Haul. This is real. And they were like, we're supposed to move y'all out. So all of a sudden, we're packing up this stuff, and he's like, we're going to my sister's house. I convince him to let me go to my mom's house. I have been unseen or heard of in like like 27 days. Okay, So I got to my mom's house. Now, listen, I still had remnants of bruising all around my face. I mean, I looked. The the whites of my eyes were totally red. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had been beaten. So I was instructed to tell my mom that Kendall and I from my old days had gotten to a car accident. Because my chest was like kind of caved in. Um, And so every time I like would move or take a deep breath, I would shudder. So I told my mom I was in this accident. And I told her I would be so good. Please let me stay there. And so uh, she let me she let me stay there. Okay. But like two weeks later, um, and I was supposed to be in contact with him all the time. So like, I don't have a phone. I'm on Wi-Fi calling on a device he gave me that right. has a tracker on it. Okay. 
all day long at the house with the kids having to be on the phone. So my mom already is like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, like what you've been gone 27 days. You're with the kids you are on the phone all the time. But I am just begging her to please just like let me stay here with them. Yeah. So he was staying with his sister um, in Sugarland at this time. So I'm back in Southwest Houston and he's okay. in Sugarland totally controlling me. OK, I felt like I was pregnant. You know, those 21 days or 27 days, mm -hmm. there was a lot of happening mm -hmm. so that I wouldn't have to be yelled at anymore. You know, like it was horrid. And so I felt like I was pregnant and, um, and I went to go take a test and I found out I was. And I told him, drop my kids off at um, vacation Bible school. Mm. Okay. In the yeah. morning. I was supposed to be back there at like one to get them. And immediately he attacked me, mm. um, choking me and telling me that, you know, I couldn't leave. I didn't understand why, but apparently he felt like it wasn't his baby. Okay. Mind you, he had been in that hell, making me bathe him, yeah. making me like prepare boiled water uh, that the neighbor gave him. I mean, it was crazy. How could I have done anything? You know, but there's no logic here. So I'm getting beaten for that, and he won't let me pick up my kids. And then he steals my mom's car, like puts me in it. He drives around Houston saying he's going to do all kinds of things to me. Mm. Finally lets me out. I go to my mom. I tell her everything. I tell her about the beatings. I yeah. tell her about everything. Uh, Does she, she believe you? Yeah, she believed me, but I kind of deserved it. I mean, it was like... But you stayed. It's not that she ever gripped that this was seriously dangerous. And it was crazy because he started texting her threats. Oh. He started sending her pictures of me with these of my face on these other IDs. And she just, like, was oblivious to it. Um, and so, like, three weeks after he found out I was pregnant, mm -hmm. he was, like, stalking me at the at my mom's apartments. Okay. Like, you're going to go with me. Um, and And... He told me to pack a bag, and I'd be back later, but we had to talk, and I went downstairs. It was like 3 in the morning, and um, got in the car, and I thought we were just going to talk. Um, that's not what happened. He was like, you just got out of someone else's car. It was insane, and I was caught off guard, and he pulled out of our gate, and he pulled up to a stop sign, and he was like, if you want out, you can get out now. And I went to open the door, and he just beat me and beat me until I was unconscious. So then I wake up at his sister's house. His house is infested with bed bugs and roaches everywhere. And, um, and there were people there, but he hid me under a blanket in the downstairs living room for like two weeks making me call all these apartments mm -hmm. trying to use one of those fake IDs to lease an apartment where he could take me. Okay. He had no money. He was like begging his sisters to get him food to feed me. He knows I'm pregnant. These okay. girls know I'm there. They know that I am missing too. Okay. No one's doing anything. I, I mean, I'm clearly a prisoner. One day, it was like the, the sheriffs were coming that morning to mm -hmm. kick us out of this apartment. And I'm thinking I'm gonna be free. But the guy's mom picks us up and takes us to this apartment off 99. It was like brand new. And I went in, I was black eyes. I have like ligature marks around my neck. Mm -hmm. I have busted lip. And I went in and I told the woman what I was supposed to tell her that I was a victim of a home invasion and, um, and I needed help. Yeah. And that lady, she got me an apartment. And that was the last time anybody saw me. Yeah. Um, so, 
it began 88 days of absolute torture, um, being drowned, um, parts of my head shaved, starved, beaten, raped, repeat, every single day, every single day. Um, and at some point, it was probably from the major head injuries I had because um, I remember like that was August 7th that we were in there. And he told me, like, when we got the apartment, he was like, I'm never going to hit you again. Yeah. And you did it, you know. I was so happy. Yeah. And then I woke up in the middle of the night, and I was being strangled with a wire. Oh. And uh, it never stopped. Never. It would be, like, sick games. He never left. Never. Sick games. Like, if he was watching a movie, if the credits said James, because that was my the name mm-hmm. of my then he would strangle me. Like, and then it became every name of every man. Um, so it was like torture games, and um, and I had to figure out how to feed us. Yeah. That was on me. So I would call, like, a Chinese delivery place and order, and then right before they got there, I had to figure it out, okay, because after he was hungry, like, two days, yeah. I never wanted him to be hungry again. Mm-hmm. Like, he drowned me, and, and he tried... So bad. It was yeah. so bad. And so I would convince these people, like right before they got to my door, I would call and be like, My card isn't working. I was going to pay cash. Please let me pay you later. And I'm telling you, Lily, for like 80 days, it worked every wow. time. Someone came to that house and dropped. I mean, there's investigators, there's proof of all of this. Yeah. Like, he never left. And then he would eat. And then, same thing, just to the point where um, I thought that I was dead. Yeah. It was like really bad beating, and then I watched this movie where they all ended up being in hell. It was scary. It was like yeah. Dennis Rodman was in it. It was old, and I don't know if what it was, but I really thought that I had killed myself. Oh my gosh! And I for like so many days, yeah. that I really thought that that was that, that I was in hell every single day. Like not like I mean this is hell. Like I mean I literally thought that I died. No way. Yeah. Because, and then, like, I was so skinny, and he would, every day, like, you're not pregnant, and, you know, beat me and stuff, and, okay, I'm not, you know, how could I be? It was crazy, and, um, and then, like, three months in, you know, he hasn't paid any rent. No one has seen me again. Right. And so the apartments start filing, like, eviction stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. it takes a certain amount of days, so once again... Um, the night before the constables were coming, okay. he was like, um, no, it was the night before the night before. Cause he was like, um, call, I convinced him, like, let me call my mom. She'll come get me. And I convinced him that I could get her credit card and she wouldn't know. And I, I just told him all these things for like weeks of what I would do on that day okay. to get the money, to get you a place. Just let me go. Uh, but I had to be really careful. Like if I ever thought too much about being free or anything, like he knew he would like yeah. attack me. And so like, I had to be really in control. Okay. Um, and so I told him the story and he was like, okay, call your mom. It's fine. So I called her um, and I had been missing for a long time, yeah. like 87 days. And she answered the phone, and I was like, I was told to tell a story. So I've been at a homeless shelter. I left with a woman. Please come get me, and um, come get me tomorrow. And she was like, um, okay, but I need the address right now. 
yeah. because I'm really busy with your kids tomorrow. I mean, like, it was a normal thing to say, you know? Yeah. It was so good because he would record everything going in and out. So he would listen, and then that was a whole nother punishment game. So she didn't say anything bad. She was like, you know, yeah, give me the, the address. Thank yeah. God. So I gave her the address. And the next morning, he was like, call your mom. I'm thinking I get to go home early. Yeah. And he was like, I'm going to kill you and me today. You're not going with her. And then you're going to call her. She's going to find your body. So I called her. And my mom said, I am here. And I cannot find you. And I hadn't been out that apartment in all those days. Yeah. And I just looked at him. And I just dropped his phone. And I ran out. And I just ran down the stairs, and I remember seeing him slide down the, the wall. He wasn't chasing me, but I still ran, you know. Yeah. I got to my mom, and I was like, let's go. And we got in, and I just started crying. And she was like, I'm going to let you see the kids, but you can't stay with me. And I was like, please take me to the hospital, yeah. you know. Um, I, had, I wasn't allowed to bathe or use soap uh, because he needed it when he was running low. And so, like... My hair was like in mats yeah. and um, I was dirty and just beaten still, you know. And so uh, we didn't go to the hospital. We went home and I took a bath and combed all the mm -hmm. just piles of hair out and hugged my kids. And I still didn't feel like I was free. Um, and the next morning she took me to the hospital and that's where all the diagnoses came in. Yeah. So and investigators, first of all. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so I had, I think, six broken ribs, oh broken gosh. finger, every bone in my face broken, scars all over me, um, parts of my head were shaved, um, cuts and bruises everywhere, right? Mm. What else? Chest fracture, like fractures here, healing fractures all over. And then I was 22 two weeks pregnant oh with a baby. So that day I saw her. And then, um, you know, they did, like, the rape kit, and they got my story. Of course, I leave out all the parts where I'm a scallywag, okay? <laughs> I mean, you know, it was the first time I've ever talked to police and not been the one in trouble. It was very scary, um, but I told them what I thought they know about what he did, you yeah. know? And they arrested him within hours. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was good. So then I was also counseled heavily about um, about these are the reason why abortion is legal. Oh, no. Because even when I was a little girl, my aunt told me, Emily, people believe in abortion just because what if someone did something to you? Yeah. You should not have to have that baby. That's what my aunt told me that. And then they very strongly talked to me about it. Of course, I can't do that. Yeah. I'm in the baby having business. Yeah. But it was a terrifying time. So going home pregnant with the baby after what I went through, I was kind of like an animal. I was afraid of everything. I was mm -hmm. so afraid of bathrooms. Like, if you go through my phone feed mm -hmm. through these years, you'll see pictures. They are like, why would you have a picture? Because that was the scariest bathroom. I was terrified. Like, I mean, it was like crazy. I wouldn't leave the house. I sat on a mattress in my son's floor, pregnant with my baby, um, and colored and hated myself and, and wanted to die yeah. and was so scared of this baby. I was so scared. And I didn't 
I didn't even go to a doctor until I was 32 weeks pregnant. So, oh my gosh. But I mean, like, I, and, and they knew when they met me, I was extremely traumatized, yeah. you know. I just couldn't go, you know. I don't want to be touched. I'm still like that, mm-hmm. you know. It was very difficult. But a doctor took me right in wow. the nick of time. And then um, I'll tell you that when I gave birth to her, I realized I wasn't in there alone. Yeah. You know, she was there with me. And, like, I have to show you, I have an ultrasound picture of her because, like, I got heavily involved with the Source for Women uh, because they wanted to me to keep her. Yeah. And they gave me, like, this 3D picture of her. And there's a lion in the background. Like, you can't. <laughs> and so, like, I realized, like, yes, she was, I wasn't alone. God, you were in there with her. And I named her Maze Grace because I once was lost. But I was found, <laughs> you know. So then I got maze, and I started getting a little bit more courageous. Yeah. You know, not much. <laughs> I'm also it's at a, this. It's the size of a mustard seed. Right? Yeah. So and I'm I'm in witness protection. Um, I haven't moved yet, but I'm settling up all this stuff to be safe. Yeah. To feel safe, but I'm still not leaving the house. Mm-hmm. I'm still not driving. Um, it was. It was a extreme agoraphobia. Very difficult time, but um, I got through that. That's just what humans do, right? Yeah. And I'm living in the same neighborhood, but I feel safe. And eventually I start going outside again and seeing my old friends. My, my brother-in-law lives mm-hmm. right down the street, right? And I started slipping back into some of the same patterns. Why would I not? I'm doing the same things. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I wanted to, I knew God saved me in that apartment, okay? I saw yeah. a lot of horrible things. Right. I shouldn't be, I know I shouldn't be alive. He would strangle me and scream, why won't you die? Mm-hmm. I mean, he couldn't. So I knew that God wanted me to do something. Yeah. But I don't know where to go with it. And and really the world's influence is so much stronger. Mm-hmm. So I started kind of dabbing yeah. in, in worldly things and drinking a little here and there and maybe take a little Xanax here and there. And, yeah. you know, um, not real bad, but then I then I started seeing the girl, Erica, from the ex-wife. She's always oh. problems, okay? She found out what happened because I started talking to people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I had to go to court in front of him uh, for, like, a hearing because he wanted his bond reduced. Right. Now, I am terrified of this monster. Yeah. So, uh, and I don't have coping skills still, so, you know, so I had to go, um, I had to go deal with my warrant. Now I've been on the run for all these years now, yeah. seven years, something like that. And the DA was like, baby, I can't see you in person. She's calling me mm-hmm. until you get rid of your warrant. So I went and turned myself in, but because of the statute of limitations, I just did one night in jail. Wow. Yeah, those seven years, <laughs> it wasn't really worth that, okay? Like, you handle your problems. You face up, you handle it. Because, I mean, the repair is just so much worse. Mm. So, but, I mean, that was kind of cool. You know, I only did one night in jail about it. And then I went in front of the judge, uh-huh. and we got the bond erased. I mean, he, he did not get a reduction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because what I did not know is that more victims were coming forward. Yeah. Not to me. I didn't know. I'm in a bubble of protection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so he didn't get the bond. But from seeing him, it caused major trauma in me. And I run back to this girl, um, Erica, because she gives me money and she gives me things, okay, right? Yeah. And that's what I think I need to feel better because I'm scared again. I don't know really how it all happened, but she, like, 
schemed something that she wanted from someone else and I end up arrested for stealing a car. I wasn't driving the car. Whoa. I did not. I was 100% innocent. And this is right before Hurricane Harvey. Okay. Um, so now I'm in jail for a crime I did not commit. Mm. And no one believes, like, that I really didn't do it. Everyone thinks that I just, like, had a slip because of the, the trial. No one will help me. No one will get me out. No one will even send me money. Like, I was in Galveston County Jail, destitute. And then the Hurricane Harvey hit. And so people couldn't help. And that was a horrid experience. Um, you know, at, the, at that time, I'm, I'm in a jail cell, innocent, okay? Yeah. As someone who's never innocent. Right. <laughs> I feel so persecuted, you know? Mm. And then I'm away from my baby, and that feels all too much like losing the other two, right. okay? So it's, it was a very, very scary, sad time. And I was just being resistant. I mean, it was crazy that no one could even get me help if they mm-hmm. wanted to it for a large portion. So day 40, I'm crying on the floor. I'm a mess. I'm done with life. Mm-hmm. And literally, I'm like on the jail cell. I'm crying. The little cot that you sleep on, it's like cement, okay? Mm-hmm. Way over there. And the Bible flew open right next to me no. to Psalms 88. And in my tears, I read Psalms 88, and it talks about, you have left me. I am disgusting even to my friends. I mean, it goes into the way that I'm feeling. And then it talks about how the floodwaters will wash away. I mean, and then I know the flood just happened. Yeah. And I am weeping, and I was just like, I surrender. And then, like, I got this, like, wonderful feeling, obviously. But I'm on the floor. I don't know how long this went on, but I saw myself surrounded with white women okay which is different for me (laughs) no offense but you know and and empowered and changing lives and using the story and like I got a glimpse into some things that were beautiful now I didn't really believe them right but I did know one thing that I was done with all the world stuff I was done and that I was like, I surrender. And I, I sang on the floor. I surrender all. Echoed through the prison. And the next morning, they called my name and let me out of jail. I no wasn't way. innocent. From there, a week later, I got offered the job as the lunch lady. No way. And then I was your substitute. And you <laughs> rapped for me. And I was the gangster. Um, and God has pursued me, okay, from that time. And every time that I look away from his path for me, he gets me real hard, and I'll tell you how, because I have a fourth child. <laughs> um, because it was like, Maze was like, I had to be like one or two. I'm working at Paces. Yeah. I wasn't working there long at all, mm. a few months. And um, James calls me, mm. and one of his brothers, and mind you, I grew up with these people, okay? Yeah. His wife, who I also grew up with, mm-hmm. I was there when they met, died. She was 30. Mm. And he's like, you got to come. She overdosed. Um, come see you know, yeah. about the family. So I rushed down there with Jonathan, you yeah. know, and um, it was a different experience because I was a different person. Right. But I was different, but they weren't, you know. Yeah. So I was very, like, I was the light. I tried to help yeah. everyone. Everyone's grieving. And then James was all too familiar. And later that night, you know, we act like married people in the past. Yeah. So, so it wasn't his fault, but I always say I was jogging. I was running away from something. I mean, it wasn't even something that you would think 
you could get pregnant from. Yeah. It was like a no, 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 uh, uh, uh and I left. And uh, shortly later, I found out I was pregnant. Wow. Um, and, and God did that because if I even look away, he's got a purpose. Yeah. But I also experienced heavy, heavy pressure from his side to get rid of the baby. Yeah. Um, and even a couple really good Christians said no one would know, you know, because mm. I was getting my life back together, you know. I mean, I must have been, I just turned 37, so I must have been 34. Like, this is what yeah. I tell girls nowadays, you know, kids and teenagers, they think they're bulletproof. I know, <laughs> okay? I, I definitely was at times. Maybe yeah. it was my Spanx, I don't know, but <laughs> but they think they're bulletproof. They think this thing, these things can't happen, but let's not forget that I was a thug. Mm-hmm. You did not want to mess with me, and I was kidnapped at 31. So they think that it can't happen, and these predators are around us, and they are, you know, it's not like they're going to snatch you and run away. Mm -hmm. Like that we think when we're children, it is way more calculated. And and it's really all over the media to start Mm -hmm. grooming us, but that's a whole other thing. So I'm like... 33 I had um but let me tell you after I got pregnant with Axel that's the he's my baby that was a full surrender Mm. I mean I am done I never want to be touched again I want to be pure I don't I I don't have to do this right so the the me that I was becoming and God was God was putting things on my heart and like I had a strong fear of music from uh all the trauma that happened okay that Mm -hmm. was used to abuse me um, especially Eminem specifically. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, specifically tortured me with it. And, and that's the music that this monster listened to that turned him into a monster. So right. that's why my, my views on, on protecting our minds and our hearts is so, so strong. So true. Because, I mean, this was a, he's a monster. So anyways, um, through this time, we're still, me and the kids are, um, I'm living with my older two kids, with mm-hmm. my mother. Um, and, and I've taken over everything. I, I fully support them. I've got private school, right. as you know, yeah. uh, on a single mom and I can't work in the public anymore. So the Lord just, he, he gave me the, the white women from the uh, vision, like <laughs> wow. for real. Like, I mean, uh, a, a person wanted to help me and has just come in like a parent to give me the job that's good and to make sure I have the things that, you know, like a daughter. um, It's been... I mean, that's the story of God's redemption. Yeah, you know her. I I know. And and so Paul of you are part of this, you know, like it's... I shouldn't know you, you know? And and you're... I just love your whole platform, but we'll finish. Um, So through this time, I have Axel, and um, I'm just totally focusing on God. And so court things happen with the monster, Mm -hmm. and and I handle them, and we're pushing. And it was five years that he was waiting for his trial. So there was a lot of meetings with detectives and all of that kind of stuff. And then trials where they brought in other victims. So there's eight children from rape. Um, There's six other confirmed victims uh, that were victims for years. And I did not know any of this until my cousin was like, Emily, did you see the news? And there was news articles and Mm. other victims on the news. And I was protected in the in the program. Um, And so uh, I get the call and it wasn't the call I wanted. We were trying to get him life. I mean, this man is. Just not a man is a monster and a, and a serial predator right. but unfortunately because of the decisions that I had made my record wasn't great 
there was a lot of proof that I wasn't just a, a wonderful citizen. Right. Um, so they didn't feel like I was worth defending. So they settled. Um, so he signed for 13 years, a year ago, mm-hmm. uh, and then was headed off to go deal with strangling another woman in Harris County. But uh, he won't. Mm. <laughs> the whole story is is that I was made to stop him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, we're, and we're made to talk about this stuff and yeah. to bring awareness to girls. It's because Satan's going to keep us completely isolated with our secrets, and we're going to go to the grave with those secrets. And there's no reason why your story has to be just your story. This is so many other women's stories you know that what, you need Lily, to be talking about. You know what, it is. About. And let me tell you, that something, a very hard lesson for me was that there is nothing been given that is only for us. Right. Okay, so I don't like talking about any of this stuff. I would really prefer to just do art in my house. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's now how I make a living. God has made ways yeah. for us. I mean, we have that's a amazing. we make a living doing art. We total miracles because I should be in jail. So you know, m- me and my kids, we should be statistics. Yeah. But we're standing before you, and we're claiming the power of Jesus Christ, and that, you know, he, can save. he will save. Yeah. He will seek you. If you want it, if you even have the conviction about him, he's coming for you. Mm. Now, you can stop it, but if you feel the conviction, he's coming. So yeah. if you just look, you will see him. I totally have de- devoted my life to God. Yeah. And that is the, and I'm soaring now, Lily. I'm here with you. Yeah. You know, and, and let me tell you, in 50 days, me and my children are moving into our own home. Congratulations. Custy back. Congratulations. Thank you. I really don't want, conversion hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I really want people to know that, you know, like, he's there. He is there. Yeah. We don't have to, like, scream and, like, he's there. Um. And he changes everything. And I want you to change the world, Lily. I do. I want you to empower people. story is going to be a very big part in that. Well, thank you. I'm writing uh, right now, I Used to Be Beautiful. That's the story just about meeting the monster. And, like, the whole thing about that day when I prayed that I would meet the man. I did meet the man. Wow. That would get me my kids back. Wow. Uh, Yes, you did. I mean, you did. It's not always what we want. In fact, if God would have told me a long time ago, this is what we're going to do and this is who you're going to be, I would have been like, no. (laughs) Right. No one does that. No. All of it. So, you know, now I just say, you know, he makes the plan. He'll just slide me the stencil. Yeah. I'm good with that. You know, but we're we're doing this for a reason, right? Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you so (laughs) much for just sharing, uh, everything and I don't I can't I don't have anything to say it's okay you know Lily I just um I pray for you I I know your sister Laura a little better because I've been involved with the school Mm -hmm. all these years she's actually on my prayer try to pray for you young people because um because y'all are the ones who are going to make the decisions for us yeah and I just want this to go out if if anything as a PSA to people saying Jesus saves there are evil people around and we need to 
be watching out for the devil. But you know what? Let me tell you something. Evil, yes. Mm. This Luciferian culture we're in, look, don't get me started on, we don't think it's weird to see someone cast a spell on a show, Mm. but we see something weird about claiming the power of the Holy Spirit over something. Right. Okay, because we can identify in our culture with anything, even a notebook, as long as it's not the heart of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Because then... You will find your purpose. God has it for you. Mm -hmm. But we get sucked up in all these other lies, and and they take the one thing they can't make. And that's our time. And and it does not have to hurt so bad. At the end of hearing this story of redemption, I didn't really have anything else to say. I didn't have anything to add. Um, Quite frankly, I couldn't process the amount of intense emotion we had just um, listened to. So I hope that you gleaned something, a lesson, a moral out of this story because it really is an incredible testament of God's mercy. And I believe that every different person will glean something different out of this story. And I'll leave that for you to decide. But I hope you enjoyed this story.